just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Ryan Robinson here. And, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of goals in my life. Are you a goal-type person? Uh, I think we kind of set them. Um, I've got, I, I am in my 50s now, and I still have these goals that I have not yet achieved. And sometimes you just go, am I ever going to do the thing, thing that I want to do? And life just gets busy, and this is the way it is. So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to we're going to give you a little motivation, maybe a little instruction, a little encouragement to do the thing, as the book says, a book available by Re- Rebecca George that's out now. You can get it wherever you get books if you need a little motivation. Uh, but what, what are some of the things maybe we need to know to uh, decide whether we should even do this particular thing or if uh, we need a little, a little gumption in our game? Sure. (laughs) Right. Randy, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to, yes, thank you. I'm super excited to be with you today. And I love that conversation of how do we use what God has given us, the gifts and talents that he's lavished on our lives for his glory. I think as a Christ follower, if we were to look inside our hearts, I think we all want to do that, but at times it can feel maybe challenging to really sit back and go, okay, what does that look like on a Tuesday in my everyday life where God has planted my feet in this season? And so to think about, is it worth doing? I think I would point us back to one, our ultimate call to go and make disciples. We know that that's the ultimate call on all of our lives as followers of Christ. But again, what does that look like? And the expression of that in our everyday lives, that's what we're probably talking about in this conversation of doing the thing. And so there's actually something I'm just going to jump into to real practical that listeners yes. can come yes. to and and bring their journal and their pen and paper and maybe walk through this with the Lord after this conversation. There's an exercise that I love walking uh, readers through that looks a little bit like a Venn diagram. Do you remember those mm. as, as, you know, early on in maybe our educational experience, we compared and contrasted different things. And this particular Venn diagram has three different circles. And I think it helps us kind of walk through what is that thing that God's called us to do. And the first one is what matters to you. I love exploring how God has naturally wired us to serve him and and build his kingdom, right? So what are those things that when you're doing those particular things, maybe you lose track of time or you just find yourself having such joy in those particular things. The second bubble is what matters to God. When we look to his word, what do we see that matters to him? You know, Randy, both both you and I are communicators, right? So we probably have a, a passion about that. That matters a whole lot to us. And we look at what matters to God and, and the gospel going forth and being spread. Well, we can see the connection point in between those two things. And how you and I are using our gifts and talents to the glory of God. And then the third bubble is what matters to other people. When we look at the world around us, the community God has placed us within, what are some of those things that we see as some practical needs that we see in the world? And how does that also intersect with what matters to me and what matters to God? And so I think that can begin to 
be a little bit of a breadcrumb trail, if you will, mm-hmm. to the thing that maybe God has called us to do in this season. So there's there's some problems with those bubbles, I, I think. I mean, we get the one, you know, what matters to God conceptually, but sometimes it can sure. be hard to put a put a face or a plan on that. Uh, the the what matters to me, uh, I I. I I find that some people sometimes are surprised, especially when they come to Christ late in life and they realize, you know, the, the things they've been pursuing, they need to lay down, which I, I think you have to. But yep. it's funny how God tends to resurrect those things, because what you find out is kind of what you said. God's put something in into each one of us that is is a passion. And in most cases, uh, it's just wrongly directed when we're, you know, doing it for our, ourselves or doing it for sure. the wrong reason, the fame or the whatever. I, I've, I've seen a lot of times God t- turn that in the right direction and people go, oh my gosh, the thing that I thought I was pursuing all along, I was just pursuing in the wrong way. And now that I'm mm-hmm. giving this talent a lot of times, this time and energy, you see this a lot with artists. Uh, I've also seen uh-huh. it in like the business community and, and with, with athletes that thought, you know, this was just for myself, and then once I gave it to God, I realized, okay, he could use that. Do you see uh, a lot of times the things that we think are selfish are really just misguided uh, inspiration or, or uh, desires that, that God has actually given us? Yeah, I think that's such an interesting conversation and definitely a watch out, right? As we look to what matters to us, we want to make sure that as scripture tells us, we're doing nothing out of selfish ambition. And I think that's what you're getting at, right? Uh And so I think coming to this conversation with that foundational understanding allows us to go, okay, Lord, my hands are open. You have given me this gift or this talent and I'm, I'm declaring to you, I desire to use that for your kingdom. I desire to use that in some way to advance the gospel, to go and make disciples. And to some of us, that might be something that feels kind of big, like writing a book or doing something like the work you and I do. Other moments, it's sitting on the couch with a college student, discipling them in our everyday lives and pointing them back to Christ. And in the eyes of God, that's just yeah. as significant. Right. So I think that's also something we have to wrestle with and work through is some assignments will feel small. Some are big. But the beautiful thing is we serve a big God. And so anything he calls and equips us to do is not small. Right. We shouldn't treat it that way. Yeah. Right. And so I think as we come to that that conversation of remembering we do we're not pursuing this out of selfish ambition and then coming to him with open hands and saying, Lord, I desire that you use me. Take this gift that you've given me, and I now realize it's from you, and I want you to use that for your glory. I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, and then that other bubble of, of what people need or want uh, can be a little tricky, too, because like you say, sometimes we get no recognition for you know pursuing what we feel like God yeah. has put in us and pursuing what we know he wants. Sometimes you just feel like you're shouting in the wind or that your efforts mm. are in vain or that your book didn't sell or that nobody mm. came to your meeting, you know. Uh, how do you balance the, um, you know, you don't want to live just to please others, but yet you do want to something that 
you want to do something that edifies them, that, that moves them in the right direction, but they don't always respond like you want them to. Sure. Randy, I think we all love to see fruit. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, right? This side of heaven, we love to see the fruit of our labor mm. and what God did with a particular assignment that he gave us. And I think that is the challenge. And so the truth I would lay against that is, and you you touched on it, you said it, of our ultimate goal is not to please man. Mm. So going in with the foundational understanding of my audience is the audience of one. I'm aiming to please God alone. Mm -hmm. And so if he's called me with this unique gift that also matters to God, that meets a practical need of the people he's placed in my life, my job is to be faithful, yeah. right? And and there's a line that, that I love from the book that says, the outcome is his, but the obedience is ours, right? We are not in control of the outcome. That's good of a particular situation and how God might use our, our step of faith or our act of obedience. That outcome is his, but the obedient next step and that direction that God continues to lead us, that's us. That's on us, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, years ago, I was on the worship team at our church and pretty big church, you know, and, you know, we had we got the lights and the big stage and, and that's all fun, but that, that wasn't, you know, while I was there, but they... They had someone in the church who wanted to start a Spanish language uh, service, which in Texas is obviously a need. Um, but none of the musicians really wanted to volunteer to to go play in the Spanish service. It's extra time mm. and it's much smaller uh, and it's in a different language, <laughs> you know. But yeah. I felt like I wanted to. And so I was putting the band together and, you know, doing the music and you know, getting the charts out and working with the tech people and all this kind of stuff. And uh, there were early days in that Spanish language service where there were more people on stage than there were in the audience. And wow. that was discouraging some of the people. And I said, look, yeah. look, we're here. We're here out of obedience. We're here to please God. And if we impact one person out there, you just never know. Well, you fast forward, you know, probably about eight years. And uh, one of the early people in that service, young <laughs> young girl at the time now she's in her 20s and she's on stage singing leading worship mm. uh and the you know the the, the crowd had grown and you go okay I, that was early days we were, we were planting seeds early uh and you just wow. never know where that's going to go so uh, obedience is paramount i think it's i think it's the biggest thing what do you think i agree i agree and god has to your point in the story that you just shared has been challenging me so much in that area of obedience, even in the smallest of moments. I was at a dinner a couple of weeks ago with some friends and we were sitting over chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant nice. and what could have, yes, of course it's nice. It's the best. <laughs> and you know, it could have been seen as just an insignificant moment of my everyday life, right? And I had a friend stop as our waitress was bringing our our cheesy goodness to the table, and she stopped her and she said, "Hey, we're about to we're about to pray over our food. I just would love to know is there anything we can pray for you about?" And our waiter just stopped and burst into tears, and she said, "Here's the thing: I don't really believe in God. I would consider myself an atheist, but today." 
as as we speak, my dad is in ICU. He's in critical condition and here's what's going on. I'd love for you to pray about this particular thing. And and so we said, well, do you want to stay here at the table or do you want us to pray separately when you leave? And so she stayed and we prayed over her. And as we left and she brought our receipts, she wrote her phone number on the back of the receipt of my friend's mm. meal. And so they exchanged numbers. And so for weeks now, we have had the honor of praying for this girl's father who is who is ill. And my friend just stopped in the middle of an everyday moment at dinner and said yes to God when he prompted her heart and saying, hey, I want you to pray for her right? And how many moments do we stand at the, maybe the checkout counter, right? And the the girl before us is maybe having a discouraging day and she's scanning our groceries through and, and we're thinking, man, that woman, that man will spend eternity somewhere. This moment is not insignificant in the middle of my everyday life. Let me be obedient to that prompting from the Holy Spirit to go, okay, let me make the most of this 90-second encounter, right? And so I think there's obedience in the big, scary moments when God calls us to do something new. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's the conversation we're having when we're talking about goals and that type of thing. I also think it matters so much in just the small, mundane moments of our everyday lives. Would you agree? Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I think that's the bigger thing. Uh, Yeah. If if our God-centered goal is to bring people into the kingdom to, you know, to, to harvest for him that th- there's nothing more significant than that one-on-one i mean that's right to me that that is it that is the thing <laughs> this is the book do yes. the thing uh it's available by rebecca uh, george it's available now wherever you get books and rebecca i want to ask you um about radiance.live this is the website radicalradiance.live what is radical radiance Ooh, one of my favorite questions. <laughs> I have had this podcast for about three years now. And as I was asking the Lord, how do you want me to to house this umbrella of conversations that we're having that are rooted in your word? What does that overarching vision look like? He kept bringing me to this verse in Psalm 34. It's verse five. And it says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be covered in shame. And so I love having conversations about what it looks like for us to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do in our life, our work, our relationships. And as God and I sort of began to unpack this together, I was reading through scripture chronologically a couple of years ago, and I was so struck by all the breadcrumbs I found along the way. I'd read through the book of Exodus and and Moses is coming down off of Mount Sinai and, and what happens? He was glowing because he had been in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get into the the instruction the Lord gave Moses for how to care for the lights within the tabernacle, the the um, the oil lamps that had to be tended to. Those oil lamps were the light source for the very presence of God in the Old Testament. And, and then we get to the New Testament where we're in the midst of Jesus's ministry and he calls himself the light of the world. And then the church is a city on a hill. And there's just all of this imagery throughout scripture of what it looks like for us to be and carry the light of Christ into our everyday lives. And so I love having those conversations that point us to how we can do that on a deeper level. So let me ask you this, because everybody's got a 
favorite podcast, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it seems yeah, like, absolutely. It, it seems like okay, uh, you got okay, another another one with a podcast. And oftentimes, I mean, when I started doing this uh, on one of the platform, on multiple platforms, uh, one of the platforms was goose eggs for months and months and months. I mean, nobody nobody was watching it over on one. I won't, won't call them out because they're getting some views now. But but I was yeah. okay with that. Um, and I had a big advantage because I'm I'm riding Life Today, which is a big television program. So we had hundreds of thousands of followers on other platforms. But you talk about the destructiveness of thinking as, you know, pursuing that calling, which I would assume that, you know, starting your podcast, you felt something God was calling you to do. Yes. Sure. You, you talk, you warn against thinking of that as a, like a cute little side hobby. Mm. Do you think we downplay sometimes what God's called us to do? I do. And in fact, Robbie, I have. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote about it. I started my podcast when me and my husband were living in a small town in South Mississippi. My husband's a lead pastor. And so as a pastor's wife, I was surrounded by women who for the most part didn't do what I do. I always say, uh, I think three of the highest and holiest callings the woman could, could, or that God could place on a woman were some of the things that women did in my community. They were teachers, school teachers, nurses, and mamas, and none of those things were me. And so God had called me to this work that felt altogether different from all the women that were in my life. And so as a result of that, I didn't quite know how to talk about it or share it with the women in my life. And that felt difficult at times. And so I found myself kind of playing small as it came to uh, what God had called me to do in this lane of writing and podcasting. And, and then there came a day where the Holy Spirit just convicted me of, Rebecca, you are treating this assignment that God has placed on your life like it's small or insignificant. And it's not seen that way in the eyes of God. And, and that was really a turning point for me, even in my own calling to say, okay, again, as we said earlier, God is not small. And therefore the things he calls me to do aren't small either. And so I shouldn't treat them that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to show people the website, uh, radiance.live. That is a website like a .com. It's a .live. Uh, and you can hear the podcast there. It looks just like this. And you will see Rebecca uh, on the front cover with Do the Thing, which is available now. Uh, but a question for you, um, as you've, how long have you been doing the, the podcast, by the way? A little over three years. Okay. Well, you and me both. We both started right before COVID <laughs> or right around Right it. before COVID. Did you? Right. Crazy. So, yeah, yes. I, I did too. And I thought, I don't know if this will work. I don't know if I'll get good guests. And here we are, both of us talking to each other all these years later. So something's working. What have you seen over your three years? I'm curious. Wow. So much. And we've walked through so much in that period of time, right? right. And I think one of the most special things I've seen God do it's through a question I ask at the end of every episode. I ask every guest, what about Jesus makes you radiant? <laughs> and the reason I love that question is it points most people, most guests to some aspect of the character of God and how in their everyday lives, in their everyday moments with the Lord, that truth that they're standing on enables them to be radiant right? And so I think above any topic that we've talked about, I think there's been such encouragement 
in hearing hundreds of guests come to the table with something about the character of God that they're anchoring their life to, that's enabling them to be radiant. And I think that's just been a really special part of it. That's what's coming to mind for me. Do you do you warn them <laughs> that you're going to ask them that question? I do. So you don't get deer in headlights? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. That's funny. Um, I, here's here's another question for you because I think this is an important balance to, to kind of what we're talking about because it's really easy um, sometimes to get ahead of God uh, and and frankly sometimes we think we've heard from God and we're just wrong it, it happens we're human you know um, and sometimes sometimes there are things that are that are standing in our way that we have to fight through and I get that. But how how do we know whether it's something I got to fight through or if I am just sort of striving in vain? Because mm. that's a that when you when you feel like you're supposed to do something, but your timing's off or maybe you just frankly didn't hear God, uh, that can lead to burnout. We see burnout in pastors all the time uh, in, in ministry. How do we know if we're striving or we're fighting the good fight? Oh, isn't that the, the million-dollar right? question, right? <laughs> it is. And I, I don't know about you, Randy, but when I am pursuing something I feel called to do, which those of us who are, as you're talking about pastors or ministry leaders or we're just being faithful in our everyday life, I think I think faithfulness is our goal as the Christ follower. Yeah. So if we begin to see our hearts taking that turn towards selfish ambition, as we talked about, or we're overwhelmed a good bit of the time and we're just not able to really come out of that fog, right? I think there are some warning signals that we could probably all recognize when we're veering into striving versus fighting the good fight. Okay. And I think we know what those feel like, but I think what matters the most is not that we won't experience those things, the fear, the the whatever it is, but where are we turning when we do, right? And there's a passage that I love so much in Philippians 4, where Paul actually talks about our thought lives and, and what we should be thinking on. It's probably a familiar passage to some of us. And so there's an exercise that I love walking even just myself through when I'm having those moments of, okay, Lord, you didn't call me to strive. You actually, it says in your words that we should cease striving. And yep. so I'm feeling that overwhelm today. Let me take two pieces of paper. On the left-hand side of the paper, I'll write a list of questions that start with, is this, so is this true? Is this worthy of praise? This particular area where I'm struggling and those, the answers to those questions are very telling. And then on the right-hand side of the paper, I'll walk through a separate set of questions that start with, what is? What is true? What is worthy of praise in this particular situation? And point myself back to those truths in God's word, and, and particularly with striving, one that I find to be so powerful is the fact that God is limitless, mm. and He is infinite. Mm. The problem is that we are not. <laughs> Right. And so when we are overwhelmed, when we are striving, we have to root ourselves in that truth and kind of about face from that overwhelm to, okay, God, this is your rightful place. And then as a result of that, this is my rightful place. And I'm going to put some guardrails and some boundaries in place so that I run at a healthy pace. Yeah. And that's good. I, I, I you know, we, we all know the A type 
personality, you know, um, who always sure. seems to enough is never enough. Uh, mm. And and I I find, and I'm curious what you found that if if I'm being obedience obedient rather pursuing obedience and, and faithfulness to what I feel like God has called me to do that, you know, he's going to honor that. And even if he says, okay, you kind of got it wrong. Like with my kids, you know, I'm not going to beat them up for coloring outside the lines or something, you know, sure. like, oh, let me show you how to do it better. You know, uh, let's, let's rethink this. But some, some people are naturally inclined to, to want the fruit, want it fast, want it big, uh, to see that their efforts are paying off. But I, I can't live that way. I have to yeah. rest in obedience and I rest well there. So I, mm. I, I just, I'm not going to be a striver, but on the flip side, I also want to be diligent, uh, and yeah. make sure I'm doing everything that I, I should be doing, not be lazy. Uh, that's, that's a bit of a balancing act. I think, what have you found? I agree, Randy. And something the Lord's been dealing with me about, just to be real transparent in my own life, is this idea of holding both grace and self-discipline within mm. my grasp. Yeah. And I think it's possible. I think in the world, we oppose those two things, right? We either have all the grace in the world and we we uh, pursue all of the self-love type, you know, <laughs> mindset and things like that. Or we have all the self-discipline in the world and we get up at 5 a.m. and we read more and we drink more green water and we do all of those things. And I actually think when I look to scripture, I see such a case for having grace for ourselves, right? And and realizing our weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon us mm -hmm. as we see Paul talk about. Mm -hmm. And we also see this very real case for self-discipline and whatever you do, do to the glory of God and, and really focusing heavily on that. And I think both are possible, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I don't think we love gray on this side of heaven. And I think this area of of grace and self-discipline actually is is a both and that yeah. we get to hold as a follower of christ yeah no you know i i think you're right and that's encouraging uh okay real good i know there's more in and do the thing well which is if, if you're if you're tracking with this and you're like okay this is good this is helping me this is giving me encouragement and direction and that pick up the book it'll, it'll We'll get into these a little bit more. Is there anything you want to mention before I let you go? Great conversation. It's kind of flying by. I feel like I know, we're scratching the surface here. I agree. No, I am so thankful to be here with you, Randy. And we're actually having some real targeted conversations about each chapter of the book over okay. on Radical Radiance that I'm super excited about. So if you want to really dig in, uh, that'd be a great place to start too. Oh, do check it out. Radicalradiance.live. And again, do the thing is available wherever you get books. Uh, and I hope this helped you. Leave a comment if you watch this later and you want to just let us know what you thought. As long as you're nice, I'll leave your comment up. Uh, and I do read them. Uh, and if you haven't followed or subscribed uh, and liked, we invite you to do that. If you know somebody that you think this, this will help them, motivate them, direct them, encourage them, hit that share button. And be sure to come back. We've got more for you right here on Life Today Live. Believe him and repent of your sins and become one of his children.